Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. We have our next guest on the line. We do. We have Eric Levine. Um, Welcome back to Cats at Night, sir. Good to be here. Thank you very much. And you're a litigator and the head of the litigation and bankruptcy department of Eisman Levine. He represents uh, both uh, plaintiffs and defendants and clients. So uh, welcome. Uh, Tell us uh, what's on your mind, sir. Well, I think we, we've been. I think the most topical thing right now is George Santos, the uh, execrable congressman, from, or the congressman-elect from Long Island. I mean, I think we could all stipulate that the guy's a creep. What he did was completely inexcusable, <laughs> I love that. and he may well and he may well be mentally ill. I agree. But if lying about your resume is disqualifying to be a member of Congress, I don't think we'll have we'll have maybe what four congressmen. So, <laughs> the, I think we really need to apply the same rules to everyone. So let's look at Joe Biden. I mean, the guy is, he can't walk from one side of the Oval Office to the other side of the Oval Office without telling a lie. In 1987, when he ran for president the first time, he, he plagiarized complete speeches from Neil Kinnock, a Labor Party uh, uh, candidate for prime minister in England, and presented it as if it was, it was his own life. That was in 1988. It was in right? 88, it was 87, so I stand corrected. Well, it was in, going into the 88 presidential election, he was out by the time he by the time he did that. And it was amazing. They did a split screen. They'd hear him talking, and then they'd show Neil Kennett talking. I never thought we'd ever see him again as a candidate after that. Well, it, it really is quite remarkable. I mean, I guess, I guess no one is ever officially dead in politics unless they are dead. Um, so, so Even then, if they're in Chicago, they're not dead. <laughs> vote early, vote often. Well, Lyndon Johnson, of course, thought that any dead person could vote. Uh, I mean, here, there's that famous story going from headstone to headstone and someone's not taking down a name. And he says, what about this person's name? He says, I can't read the headstone. He says, well, that person has every much, every much right to vote as that person and points to another headstone. So this is a similar kind of thing. But, you know, and then, of course, when he runs, for, when he's running for president this time, he tells a story about how Golden Meir during the Six-Day War reached out to him so that he could be an interlocutor between the Israelis and the Egyptians. The problem with that is, is that uh, Golden Meir was not the prime minister at the time. And I didn't think she was. The idea, no, she was. She, during the Six-Day War, it was... Um, Moshe Dayan. No, Moshe Dayan was never prime minister. He was the defense minister. It was... Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank, but it was not Golden Meir. It was. Give me two seconds here. Um, uh, in sixty-one, it was Levi Eshkol. Sorry, Levi Eshkol was the prime minister at the time. So, but of course, he was also a third-year law student at Syracuse. So, why the Israelis would be reaching out to a third-year law student to be an interlocutor between themselves and an existential threat in Egypt? To save the country is anybody's guess. But these are the kinds of lies, you know, that, that the guy tells. And, of course, he recent, when he was leading into the South uh, Carolina primary, he famously made the speech about how he was arrested when he went to go visit Nelson Mandela in the 1970s. Of course, that never happened. He got separated from the group. And, that, and then that, that's what the story ended up being. Oh, I misspoke. So if you're going to... Just if you're going to say that lies are disqualifiers, Joe Biden can't be president. Look at Elizabeth Warren. The whole woman predicated her entire political life on the fact that she was a Native American. She takes a DNA test, and it turns out she's one 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 thousand twenty fourth 
Native American. You have to go back 10 generations to find any Native American blood in the woman. Yet she tells the entire country, I'm Native American. That's how I, identi- that's how I identify. That's who I am. She completely makes up who she is. She lies on job applications. Harvard still will not turn over her job application for fear that everyone will see that she put down that she was Native American. When she was in Texas, when she left the Texas bar, she filled it in her own hand that she was Native American. So, and when she ran for president, of course, when it first started, she was holding herself out as Native American. So should, should she be forced out of the Senate? And then you have Richard Blumenthal, who when he ran for Senate, portrayed himself as a Vietnam War hero, having seen action in Vietnam. Of course, that never happened. He got five deferments. After the fourth deferment, he, he, uh, he, he, got, he worked his way into being a Marine Reserve. And the most notable thing he did as a Marine Reserve is he ran a Toy for Tots program. It may make him a community organizer, but it certainly doesn't make him a war hero. I mean, but I think the long and the short of it is telling a lie about your resume just can't be a disqualifier. That's between the elected official and the voters. I have every confidence that the voters will get it right when George Santos runs again. Now, of course, if he's convicted of a crime, that's something completely different. And he may well have committed a crime, and that should be investigated because God knows what this person is capable of. Eric, do you think, uh, this David Patterson, do you think that sometimes the situation is not as much that he lied, but there were seven or eight of them, so it almost makes it— Governor, what's the number? Is it three lies are enough, but four is too many? Five are enough, but six is too no, many? No, I, I, see, six I'm asking enough, you. Seven is too many? I, I, no, no, I don't. No, I don't. I, I don't think. I don't. The only to me, unless someone has committed a crime, the only arbiters of who sits in these seats are the voters. They make the decision, because otherwise, you, we're coming up with the, the morality police, self-anointed judges. That can't be the rule. That can't. Be, the Constitution provides very strict limits about who or requirements about who can sit in Congress. And if you meet them, you get seated. And it does not say liars don't get seated. It has to be up to the voters because it can't be. Otherwise, it's an arbitrary number. He he lies that he's Jewish. Turns out he's Catholic. He lies that he's a grandson, grandchild of a Holocaust survivor. Turns out that's false. But what's worse, lying that you're Jewish or being a Jew hater? It's okay for AOC to sit. It's okay for Elon Omar to sit. Mm. It's okay for Rashida Tlaib to sit. You know, you could say a lot of things about George Santos, none of which are particularly favorable, but I haven't seen any evidence that he's a Jew hater, but I've seen a lot of evidence that they are. AOC is now claiming she's Jewish. Who's claiming she's Jewish? AOC. She said she looked back and found uh, Jewish ancestry dating back to the Spanish Inquisition coming from the Sephardic Jews. Oh, oh my God! Yes, she must be a Murano. She must be a Murano, no doubt. I'd like to see that one. Well, that's okay. what she said. Well, recently. that's great. Whatever. You know, <laughs> she, if she wants to convert to Judaism, God bless her. You know, I doubt that she ever will. All I know is that her her stated positions on Israel, denying Israel's right to exist as a Jewish state, you're doing everything she can to undermine Israel's existence and compromise its security. These are the acts of an anti-Semite. Rashida Tlaib, of course, actually has used language of genocide when she talks about Judenrein, um, Jewish free from the uh, from the river to the sea. Those are the exact same words that the Mufti of Jerusalem was using when he went to speak to Hitler about how they were going to remove the Jews. 
from the promised land. That's right. So this, she talks in terms of the genocide. So George Santos is a despicable person. I mean, there's no two ways about that. But the problem is, what's, what's the barometer of despicability that kicks people out? That's why it's got to be left to the voter. If you satisfy the constitutional requirements, you seat, you sit, and then you got to face the voters. And if they don't like you, they'll kick you out. If they like you, they'll reelect you. And that, that's how the system's got to work. You're absolutely right. I think you're right because the fact once they vote for a speaker, the congressmen, and I hate to say this, they're all pawns. They're, they're, they're all going to vote with the speaker, whatever it is. Not, they're not, yeah. They don't have any big accomplishment, uh, either one of them. No, it's, it, Congress has to start working a little little bit better. I um, agree 100%. I mean, I, there's Thank there's you. No question. Happy New Year. Thank you so much. Happy and, New Year uh, to you. And we'll catch up next year. Look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.